Blog Talk Radio. What up, NFL fans out there, and welcome to another edition of your favorite NFL show, Cover 2, with McMillan and Purdue, the show where we talk nothing but NFL football. Of course, this week is a little little bit of our crossover event because, you know, a lot of those guys that Fred covers uh, in the realm of college football will be making their leap over to the big leagues. Yes, it is NFL Draft Week 2019. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm here with my partner in crime. We got Fred Purdue in the building. Fred, what up? What's going on, man? Happy draft week. No doubt. No doubt. Happy draft week. I know this is a great time for you and all the analysis that you do leading up to this thing. I just want to let the people out there know, um, you know, besides our episode right here, we're going to talk a few NFL topics um, and some some pre-draft predictions from Fred himself. We also want you guys to listen to The War Room uh, live Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. That second hour from 7 to 8 p.m., Fred will be on live leading you right up to draft time at 8 p.m. So he's going to give you analysis right up until that first pick. So make sure you're um, around for that. You can get to The War Room live by uh, go on the warroomsports.com. You can also go to blogtalkradio.com. Just search The War Room. Find that show. Make sure you listen. All right. So, like you said, man, it's 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 draft week. It's here. You know, the the, the people, the the kids, as they as they're called right now, are in Nashville, waiting to to be able to turn from boys to men in a matter of a day. <laughs> So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a great night. That's what I predict. But before we get into some draft talk, let's talk some other things that's going on in the NFL that we need to catch up on real quick. And the first thing is the announcement, if you will, by Marshawn Lynch that he will not be returning to the league. So, you know, in his retirement, it's only right if we give him a quick round of HOF or FOH, Marshawn Lynch. You can start it off, Fred. What's your thoughts on Marshawn Lynch? Is he a, a future pro football Hall of Famer in your eyes, or is he a, 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 an, a, an FOH candidate? <laughs> Man, this was tough because – and I've thought about this thing for a few years now. This is because I saw it coming on at some point. You know, when that running back hits about 30 years old, you start wondering – and as much as I want to put him in the Hall of Fame, yeah, and he has some of the credentials to do it, I think he's in the Hall of Very Good just by a smidge. Maybe if he never leaves Seattle, maybe if he doesn't retire for a year, maybe if he just doesn't go to Oakland. I mean, maybe he's a surefire Hall of Famer. Maybe if he just got the ball on the one-yard line and he just gets that easy touchdown. Then right. he goes to the Hall of Fame, but, you know, 10,000 yards, 
he averaged four point three a carry, which isn't bad. Uh, Eighty four touchdowns. He also had about two thousand yards uh, through the air and nine touchdowns through the air for a career. Usually solid enough to get you in, but you know, running back and he's the quintessential downhill running back. I mean, he's the last of a dying breed, and we have great moments of him. But and I mean, he was the added, he was the lifeblood and he was the heartbeat of that Seattle Seahawks team. As much as we talk about the Legion of Boom, you know, that team got his attitude from Marshawn Lynch. I mean, he right. was he he made, he got the nickname Beast Mode. I mean, the guy liked to eat Skittles, and then he wanted to run you over at the same time. And he was <laughs> fun-loving at the same time. He was like the hood version of Gronk a little bit because he would, he liked to have fun. And, and that's what the game has kind of missed. Guys are taking everything so serious. He took it he, – he really was one of those guys that – he ran hard. He liked to have fun. And he also did it off the field. If you really go back and look at what he's done for his own community, you know, before there was news of Colin Kaepernick, there was a Marshawn Lynch doing all he could for, for Oakland. And, you know, the famous lines of, I'm only here so I don't get fined. He didn't have a great relationship right. with the media. But off the field, he was, everyone always said he was a great person. He just didn't talk to certain people. Sorry, Marshawn, you're in the hall of very good because you, you, there were a few moments in time that kept you out. But you're knocking on the door. Maybe one day, 30 years down the road, we let you in. But right now, you're in the hall of very good. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that this is a, a tough one um, because Marshawn, to me as well, is definitely on that fence, knocking on that door. Um, his career started – you know, with high expectations, but it was a little bit underwhelming in, in Buffalo. Um, he did start his career out with 2,000-plus yard seasons, but it was like those barely, you know, get over a 1,000-yard type seasons, minimal touchdowns if you want to make that comparison to his top four years, which were his first four years in Seattle. Um, so, you know, his whole time in Buffalo was a little bit underwhelming. Seattle was like a, a, a breath of fresh air for him. It was like a second chance. It was, I don't know, it was like act two. And he went there and kind of made the most of it. You know, should be a two-time Super Bowl winner. Should have been the one who told it the game-winning uh, touchdown over the line in the second one. Um, because if you, you know, if you really think about it, if we're talking about superstar status, he really didn't have that until around that time. You know, they won their first Super Bowl. You know, everybody knew beast mode, but it was that season that they went back to the Super Bowl that he really, really became mm-hmm. a known commodity to even the casual football fan. And the craziest part about that is he became such a superstar by being quiet. <laughs> exactly. So it's like exactly. Being not quiet with the media him. and all of that made him such a big superstar off the field. So I think to cap that particular season off with a Super Bowl, with a Super Bowl MVP, I think it would have done wonders for his Hall of Fame candidacy. But his coach decided to go in another direction. Because they didn't want Beast, in my opinion, it was a little bit of conspiracy theory. Man. I didn't. I just really think they didn't want him. You know, they they thought that they had the game since they were so close. They figured they were going to control who was going to be 
the MVP of the game and it backfired on them, giving your Patriots their fifth ring. Thanks, Pete. Was that, was that, yeah, that was five. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. No. No doubt. I, I know you guys. No, that was you know, four. That was that was four. That was the fourth ring. That was the fourth ring. Yeah, that was so the fourth. I, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys were, you know, Coach Carroll will always be in the New England Patriots Hall of Fame, Ring of Fame, for that particular play of call. Of course. Um, but but to to answer the question, ah, this is this is difficult for me as well, and the fact that you know Fred and I didn't talk about this before the show, and I'm being put completely on the spot. I think I'm going to agree with you, Fred, and just say he's knocking on the door, but I think I'm going to go slight FOH with Beast Mode right now. Ah, that's hard. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a mode, I'm a Mode fan, but. Uh. Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't get in, where who else gets in at the running back position over the years? Because LaDainian Thomason got in, I mean, but. Any of his any of his contemporaries get in? I mean, anybody that mm. came in the in the league around the time that Marshawn came in, and that's been twelve years. So we're talking two thousand seven ish. Yeah. When did so, AP come I in? Mean, AP came in in what? Oh five, I think it was. Oh five. AP will get mm. in. So he probably is considered one of them. He does. look at. In, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. Like beast mode was really in beast mode. I'm talking mm-hmm. 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, 15, almost 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns, 1,257, 12 touchdowns, 1,306, 13 touchdowns. Like you look at those four years and you're like, man, had he done that? In the years prior and a couple years after, like, it would be a no-brainer. Like, this is one of those things. This is, you know, I'm subject to change my mind on this after some thought. But my initial is going to be like you, like, Hall of Very, Very Good. Um, Yeah. But, but damn, you look at those four years, like, damn it, Beast Mode. Yeah, he had (laughs) moments where it was – I still remember, you know – him just running through 79 yards of stakes. I'm still wondering, are any of those guys off of their milk carton yet? That's really how I feel about that Saints team. Because that Saints team just came off the Super Bowl, and they were looking to go back. And he carried that team like nobody had ever carried a team. And, I mean, he was the beginning of the Legion of Boom. That was before Russell Wilson ever got here. And, and you know, and just, Fred, what we do – with running backs because they are known to have such a short shelf life. Um, that could either go both ways with him because if you're looking at it that way, it's like, okay, he had about, you know, he had four great years, um, maybe two uh, good years on, on top of that. But at the same time, the running backs that we do usually consider for the Hall of Fame are the ones that that really, really outlast the expectations of their shelf life mm-hmm. and give you, you know, years and years of, of great play. So this one is really difficult for me, man. Yeah. But right now I'm going to stick with that. Um, but shout out to beast mode, man. He's very, very good player. Very entertaining dude. Um, shout out to you. All right. Let's go from beast mode to big Ben Roethlisberger who just got a two year extension 
from the Steelers. This is the same guy who, like two seasons ago, kept hinting at retirement. Um, the Steelers have shown him in the past two seasons that, uh, Ben, you run this organization. We're going to uh, basically – we're basically going to just put you above everyone else uh, who's here. We're going to let everyone know, know that the rules are different when it comes to you. We're going to make you comfortable. And on top of it all, we're going to give you an extra two, two years, about $63 million combined salary a lot of dough. Um, for you to stay here and play your last game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are, what are your thoughts on this extension? Whew, $63 million over two years. Um, he'll be 39 when this contract is over. I mean, he's, I don't want to say he's earned it, but he's earned it thanks to the guys that are gone now, A.B. and Le'Veon Bell. But, I mean, he eclipsed 5,000 yards for the first time in his career this year in a league where guys like Matthew Stafford make that look easy. So, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not – you know how I feel about aging players. I'm willing to get – to come off of an aging player if we have a guy that's ready to develop and be be the next guy, but they don't have that guy yet. Mason Rudolph is not that guy, and Josh Dobbs definitely isn't that guy. So, they don't have a choice in the matter. And I think he put his put their foot to the fire because, well, Le'Veon Bell's not here anymore to take up that money, and, well, AB is not here anymore to take up that money. And you're not paying the rookie – uh, John, uh, James Conner or um, Juju Smith-Schuster yet, so there's nobody on defense that can make this type of money. So go ahead and just back up the Brinks truck and make me make me, you know, a little bit richer, and we'll still probably not win. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to say that. Not winning more <laughs> Super Bowls. This is crazy though. Like for me, this shows like what I just mentioned earlier, how the Steelers. Like, they pull no punches. There's no qualms with them about who runs the organization and who's the most important in this organization. Um, you've kind of uh, – he's had this power struggle, and it, and it wasn't much of a struggle, you know, with some other players in the organization. But of all the stories that's come out in the past few years, it kind of seemed like, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers' brass – kind of coddle Ben to the detriment of the rest of the team because, you know, whether, they say, whether they're saying things publicly or anonymously, um, you know that it's a thing, you know what I'm saying? And, and the situation with Ben Roethlisberger in that locker room is a thing, something that needs to be watched. But by them giving him this deal, not only have they doubled down on every time the GM has come out and said, oh, yeah, Ben can pretty much do what he wants, uh, yeah, he can talk about other players on his podcast. He can throw people under the bus is basically exactly. what he gave him permission to do. And then they basically triple down with this contract. Um, I mean, it just shows you, Ben. And, and, like, and I'm like you. I'm not saying that he hasn't earned it. You know, he's put in his time with this organization, and this organization is uh, giving him what he needs to finish out his career here. He led the league – um, this past season in pass attempts with 675, uh, led the league in completions with 452, and passing yards, as Fred alluded to earlier, with 5,129. All of these are career highs. He also threw a career high 34 touchdown passes. So even though they finished 9-6-1 and, and missed the playoffs, 
Um, it's, it's hard to say that you can't justify this particular contract because, like I said, at the age of uh, 37, he just put up all career highs. I mean, I know if you still have something in the tank, that's not impossible to do because of the way the NFL, you know, way football is basically being played now in the NFL. But when you look at, you know, all career highs at the age of 37, it's it's difficult to try to not justify or, or to, to speak against why he would deserve another two years, another $63 million. So now we'll see if he can live up to it. He's earned it, but now let's see if he can go on the field and live up to the contract. <laughs> big Ben, getting them big dollars, man. <laughs> hey, keep him out of trouble. He has to be. I'm, if I'm paying that guy $63 million, I'll – yeah, might get him into more better, trouble, man. He, Got money to throw around there. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, I would. I'm sorry if, if the Patriots decided to want to pay Tom Brady that kind of money. I'd really be banging on the table and say, "What are you doing, Bill?" I'd wonder yeah, how much. Right. Love you, Tom, but come on now. Tom, no, 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 no. And and it's kind of uh, peculiar when you consider the people that they lost. You're like, damn, we lose arguably the best wide receiver in the game, arguably the best running back in the game, and we decide, like I said, to just double down on that by giving Ben more money, and he no longer has the yeah. same weapons that he's been dealing with in the past five seasons. So it's definitely so, going to be interesting to so, see if Juju can step up so, in that role and keep Ben rolling. To earn this when Juju runs the wrong route, according to Big Ben, after Big Ben throws it at his feet, um, no, I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna leave that alone because <laughs> I don't want his hands getting up my head. I'm gonna leave that alone. All right. So last week, uh, April 17th, the NFL schedule came out. Like we haven't come to you guys yet to talk about it. We know that's a big deal in NFL circles. Fred knows my thoughts on it. Like I'm like blah means nothing to me because the draft hasn't, you know, hasn't even been played out yet. You don't even know who's going to be on your team, and you got everybody out here predicting records for the season. Um, they're out here trying to tell me that the draft is meaningless, and I know that ain't true. Hey, it's what if so, season, um, man. You got to give the people what they want. They got to give the people team, what they get, want, man. We just decided to wait a little while. <laughs> Instead of jumping out there right away, you know, we waited almost a week to give you uh, our thoughts on the, on the 2019 season. Um, some of the highlights, I guess, of the NFL schedule. Um, anything come to mind for you? Yeah. And of course, we got um, the, Thursday, the Thursday, September 5th NFL kickoff, Packers and Bears. Um, people are excited just because this is going to be the first NFL action um, to be played, um, but but what what stands out to you in the schedule? Oh man, uh, I, I, when I looked at throughout when I looked through all these schedules, man, the first thing that popped up to me was Tampa Bay, <laughs> Tampa Bay. Oh Tampa Bay, I made a crazy prediction to a Tampa Bay fan today. I'm not gonna put his name out there because you know <laughs> I, I try to protect. We're, we're kind of we're kind of friends. I don't want to put him out there like that. I don't want to put him out there like that. But I let him know that you know that Tampa's only gonna 
win about five games this year. And based on their schedule, um, it's entirely possible. And it could be worse than that. If, and, and that's me leaving two division games off because I don't know what's going to happen with Cam Newton. So the, the schedule makers actually apologize for making Tampa's schedule one of the hardest schedules in the league after mm-hmm. they start the season with San Francisco. But they get Carolina, uh, the Giants, the Rams, the Saints, and the, and the Panthers. That's their first six. They get a bye week, and trust me, they'll need it. Because then you get Tennessee. Okay, that's not too bad. Then you, got, you get Tennessee on the road, Seattle on the road. Then you turn around and you get, you get the Cardinals at home. That's great. Then you get division games against the Saints and the Falcons. Then you get the, uh, the Jaguars. They're really good defense. You get the Colts the Lions, the Texans, and then the, the Falcons again to end the season. That is a daunting schedule. Even for my Patriots, I don't want any of that smoke because those are some good defenses or some really good offenses. And I know that their division is loaded on both sides of the ball, but I don't want that schedule. And that, knowing what the Patriots schedule is, I at least have to see the Chiefs one. So I don't want the schedule. Tampa, you're winning maybe five games this year, and you might want to win those early. You might want to beat San Francisco and New York early, very early. Very, very, very early. All right, so um, just the, the, the Buccaneers schedule jumped out to you from, from the jump. Let me just some of these matchups that people are considering, big matchups, games that everybody's going to want to be near a TV to see. Um, I already spoke about the Thursday night opener. Um, September 8th, we're going to Foxborough, so your boys. Um, Sunday night football, that's the uh, Steelers, that we, the aforementioned Steelers that we just finished talking about with Ben Roethlisberger going into uh, Foxborough to see the defending Super Bowl champion. Um, people think this should be an interesting one because, you know, the Patriots are always contenders. The Steelers are always quasi-contenders. A lot of people thought that they were going to be in the mix for the for the trophy last season, and then it didn't work out late in the season. Um, so that's being considered a big matchup on September 15th. You got that NFC championship do-over. I'm pretty sure the Saints could care less about people calling this a do-over because if they win this game, their next game won't be for the Lombardi Trophy. So it's pretty meaningless um, for them. But, you know, I guess the new pass interference replay rules will be in effect <laughs> so they can uh, Look, get some help there that. if that situation, <laughs> that situation uh, arose again. Um, then you got the Browns and Jets on September 16th. People are looking at this as a big game because of some of the acquisitions made by both of these teams. I don't. I, I just don't know, Fred. Like we already, we already put you these know dudes up here in the must-watch game situations. That's, that's a bad omen for teams like this, man. When the expectations start to rise. People start to shrink. I'm just, just going to put this a must watch. Way too early to tell the Browns are going to go back to being the Browns. Why? 
and and please, if you if you don't agree, please come at me on Twitter. I've already I've given you guys the Twitter so many times, but I'll let you know again at the end of the show. You can get at me on Twitter on that one. But um, the Browns are going to suffer the same fate that the Giants did a couple of years ago. You remember when I told you they have all the Giants have all these weapons and they have all these perimeter weapons and they had no offensive line and they couldn't block a soul and Eli basically. As soon as he might as well should have snapped the ball laying on his back because that would have been better. That would have been better than taking off the hit. That's what <laughs> that's what's going to happen to Baker Mayfield. Uh, we have we have a year's worth of tape and we've been watching it. That's what all these defensive coordinators are saying. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, Chop you're licking. going to see as soon as Odell doesn't get a couple passes his way, or we all see Odell's the big play threat, and Jarvis is the guy that's going to get eight passes his way, and he'll probably catch six of them. And, and Odell's like, look, man, we, I know we used to play together at LSU, but I'm the man and you're not. You're just some slot receiver who makes a lot of money. Um, where's my passes at, Baker? You know, and Baker's like, look, I'm just trying to get it to the best guy. So you're going to see a lot. This is, this is just waiting to just implode. And we haven't even added in, you know, Kareem Hunt into all of this. So, yeah, yeah. this one's going to be very – it's going to be boom or bust. There's no middle ground, but I think it's going to bust more than, you know, many people think. All right, October 27th, you got uh, Kirk Cousins leading the Vikings back into his old stomping grounds in Washington. Um, you got October 27th on Sunday Night Football, um, maybe a bit of a – a torch passing as far as the, the, the generational light them up quarterbacks. You got Aaron Rodgers um, and Patrick Mahomes going at it. Chiefs Packers. That's going to be, that's going to be football. fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, November 17th, we got the, uh, the game featuring the last two Super Bowl champions. Out of that, 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 that feels kind of good to say since, you know, the two gentlemen on this show are fans of both of yeah, those teams. Very much. Um, Patriots very much. going into Philly for a rematch of the last two Super Bowl champions. Um, November you know 18th. Right? You know <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Um, November 18th, Chiefs Chargers in Mexico City. Um, I guess that's only a big one because it's being played in Mexico City. Hopefully they'll have the game this season. <laughs> Hopefully the field conditions are are you know pretty 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 good. Yeah. Um, Can we get a better game, field? Yeah. In December twenty second, they said they call this the Bad Blood Bowl. Le'Veon Bell takes his Jets into Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Um, Jets. I'm just hoping that Le'Veon Bell will be healthy by that time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Not to him, not to him. That I'd like to see. Yeah, yeah. I have two games actually circled, and I'm a little biased because it's my team. But um, November 24th, you know how I feel about that team in Dallas, you know, the most average team that they call America's team. I want my title back that you never should have had, that Dallas Cowboy team. Yeah. Um, They get to come to Foxborough. Can't wait. Can't and, wait. And no matter what you guys do with us on the 17th, we need you to win that game. Oh, oh. No matter what. If we if we lose, you understand that Tom Brady is going to rip them apart. Damn if we sure lose to you, 
<laughs> my thinking is if we lose to the to the Eagles, Tom Brady is going to rip their defense apart. But if we beat them and we're like, let's say at that point we would that would be we'd be going for like maybe let's say I'd even go maybe eight and one, nine and one, something like that, trying to go forward. And we're we're looking at the playoffs, looking at home field throughout. We're probably going to kill them anyway. So it's a win win. And yeah. whatever it is, I don't need you to be relaxed. So if it takes some oh, embarrassment, no. you know, the week before, you know, I'm all for that as well. <laughs> and I'm if pretty, you gotta and get I'm embarrassed sure, the week before to come out and rip them a new one, I'm all for that. And I'm pretty sure if my memory serves right, uh, Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. So let's not start a new trend. Uh, no December eighth, December eighth, we. We have to go see that cheat code out in Kansas City. Um, we get him at home, but, man, I don't want to see any more Patrick Mahomes. But I have a sneaky suspicion that we're going to see a lot of the same things we saw last year. This game is going to probably be to who gets no, hits no, uh, home field throughout the playoffs. I don't want to see this guy. I wish he would have came around like maybe four years from now and then destroyed the NFL. I don't want – that team is good. And they, they're they getting pass rushers now. They just got a pass you like, a good one. You don't one. want to see them anymore while your Super Bowl window is still open a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it like four years from now. Be really good later, not now. I'd rather them be good after they go give Tyree Kill twenty million and give Pat Mahomes like forty million a year. Then be really good. I don't want you to be good right now because he's on a rookie contract and that means you can bring in as many people as you want. And their sole focus is to beat us. Yeah, I need that. If we don't, if we lose, I can I can be okay with losing just about any game. I don't want to lose to them down the stretch. All right, well, y'all know how the NFL season usually plays out. Like, there'll be some surprise teams winning some games earlier in the season. So some games that we, you know, didn't look at as big matchups will turn into big matchups. Some of these matchups that we think are big matchups are going to end up being toilet bowl trash matchups. So, um, you know, the ebbs and flow of the NFL season. That's why, in my opinion, that's what makes the NFL so great because it's not always exactly what you think is going to happen, you know, ending up being what actually happens. Um, if there's a league, a professional sports league in America that has a hint, I'm not going to just call it all out parody, but if it has a hint of parody, it's the NFL because the NFL, I was about to say in my opinion, but no, it's probably factual. The NFL it's, has it's the <laughs> worst to first stories you know, of any of the, you know, the major professional leagues. So it's the I'm looking to see who's next. It's the one league that uh, if you're a top team, you're going to be there. You have a nice window, but your window is only about five years, maybe, unless you're New England and then you have a 20-year run. But that's, <laughs> that's the anomaly. <laughs> that's the anomaly <laughs> because you, you happen to have the greatest quarterback and the greatest head coach, but it's still a team game. And, you know, one player – whether it's injuries, and I've seen it. Thanks, um, Bernard Pollard. Thank you very much in 2008 coming off the Super Bowl. But thank you when, you know, what your quarterback gets, blows his knee out and, well, uh, you know, you, you still go 11 and 5 and throwing it in everybody's face at this point. But, you know, you still miss the playoffs. But still, you know, one player makes or, makes or breaks a team 
But then you could draft a guy like maybe a Sam Donald, heck, even a Baker Mayfield, and it changes the whole dynamic of a team. And five years from now, ten years from now, you could be in a position where you you have a chance to be really, really good. And, it's, I mean, it starts and ends with the quarterback, but even, you know, guys like Richard Sherman, you draft a guy in the fifth round and he turns out to be Richard Sherman, and, well, you have the Legion of Boom now. So, you know, as long as your front office is doing, is it doing the right things, unless you're Oakland, then you're you're just hiring guys off the of TV. I mean, I, could you get that job? Did Mike Mayock really have to get that job to ruin that team? Just Pretty much. You're right, though. Everybody that they're putting in position right now, straight off the of TV, and taking people out the Monday night booth, taking people off the of NFL network. And, and I've heard that they – Sent their scouts home a week before the draft because yeah. they don't trust them. So, they don't trust yeah. them, and they're probably don't be surprised if you see a headline that says Oakland cleans house with with a whole scouting department because that's probably what's going to happen. They're gonna they're gonna fire their staff and go get some new guy. They're gonna get Mike Mayock's guy. All right. Well, speaking of Oakland and draft and what people are gonna do, um, like like I told you earlier. Um, leading up to the draft, the final hour before the draft, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can catch my partner, Fred, on the War Room podcast. You can go, you can get there live Thursday uh, between 6 and 8 p.m. Eastern Time uh, by going to warroomsports.com and clicking the Listen Live button. Um, but Fred will be on there getting you ready for the 2019 NFL draft with final thoughts and analysis on what's going to take place uh, in the next few days, uh, starting right after the program. But right now, right here on cover two, he's going to give you guys a couple of uh, last minute predictions um, leading up to his appearance uh, prior to the draft on the war room. So what you got for us, this evening for cover two? Uh, three really bold, very, very bold predictions. Um, Uh-oh. Ken offensive, I think we're going to have a really, really big run on offensive linemen. Uh, this is a great class. Uh, they have every flavor you want. You want to tackle, you got one. You want to guard, you got one. You need a center, they got one. There's somebody for anybody, Jonah Williams, Andre Dillon, Jawan Taylor, uh, Cody Ford, Garrett uh, Bradbury, who's one of my, who's probably my favorite of, of the group. Eric McCoy, Titus Howard, an HBCU guy, Alabama State. Uh, you know, you have somebody that can fit what you want. Um, but I, this is going to be a historic run of offensive linemen. And if you get one of these guys and they turn out to be that Hall of Famer, because we always, you always find some nugget. Somebody in there that's going to be really good, or they belong in the Hall of Really Great. Nonetheless, he's going to be a cornerstone piece, and we know how, how the fat boys make the everybody. Yeah, exactly. Hall of, we don't know yet. We let me think about it a little bit more. Uh, give me like a year and let me think about it. But you know, the, this is going to be a really good class of offensive linemen. Whatever flavor you're looking for, uh, you'll find it uh, in this class. Um, I think there's going to be all the hoopla on quarterbacks 
we have whether it's Kyler Murray, at, the presumed number one. You know, we don't tell all the secrets anymore. I miss those days where we just knew who was going number one and what the contract would be. Those days were fun. Uh, but whether it's Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, Blaine Haskins, who's been they, – the way they talk about him, he's going to fall through the seventh round and not get drafted possibly. He might be Mr. Irrelevant the way they're talking about him now, uh, rising and falling. Uh, or Daniel Jones, the guy that either you love him or you hate him. You know, there's so many quarterbacks and, he, and, and guys like Ryan Finley, uh, Mark Griffin and all those guys. And, you know, there there's some guys in this draft that you really, I think, can be a franchise quarterback, but I don't think more than two will go. Uh, whether it's uh, either, I know Kyler, for the most part, I think Kyler Murray is going to go number one. I have a very high confidence in that one. But it's going to be between Dwayne Haskins and, and um, Daniel Jones because, quite honestly, Washington needs a quarterback. Uh, but I don't think, I really don't think Oakland will go after a guy. So at that point, who else really needs a quarterback right now? Uh, I think more than likely it's going to be Daniel Jones falling out. I think team, these teams know a little bit more than we do. and I think that's going to be the big piece in all of this one, uh, him not falling. He's going to fall probably to the second round, and if teams are smart, he falls until maybe the third or fourth round, like some smart people. They draft him there. I want to get the right value for him. Uh, but quarterback, the, the, I think the quarterback position is going to be – you won't see a lot of guys being pushed up as much. All right, so if Kyler Murray does indeed go number one, what happens to Rosen, who was not featured <laughs> in the uh, Arizona Cardinals schedule release hype video? You know you got to be a bad team when you do a schedule release hype video, but he yeah. was not featured in that. And when it was brought to light and, and, and basically moving all around the internet, they ended up making a do-over video and prominently featuring their embattled young quarterback in the video. Too little, too late, in my opinion. But if Kyler Murray is drafted, what happens to Rosen? And that's part of the part of that's part of why I say uh, there's only going to be two guys drafted as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Josh Rosen is essentially your first round pick at quarterback because somebody's going to give up something, maybe a first and a fourth, um, something very similar to that. Maybe a first this year, a second next year, something like that. Uh, maybe a Washington who's going to be desperate for a quarterback. Maybe the Giants at six. Uh, they they go looking for a quarterback. Maybe Denver looks for a quarterback. We know John Elway can't draft a quarterback to save his life, and we've seen this. Peyton Manning is not his, – his luck with quarterbacks has not been great. Peyton Manning got – he only got one ring out of that, so um, – and it wasn't even a great one either. It was – I mean, um, that defense carried him there. So that's going to be an interesting one. But I think Josh Rosen will be uh, somebody's – Really good pick. I think Arizona didn't really give him time to develop, but uh, one man's trash may be someone else's gold. So um, maybe Washington because, you know, Dan Snyder's been chomping at the bit. You know, every few years he's willing to chomp. He's chomping at the bit to just throw away draft picks. And uh, reportedly he's taking over the whole drafting process. So, you know, remember those years of Albert Hainsworth and, and Antoine Randall? They're back. <laughs> oh man, this should be 
This should be interesting. Uh, um, it's kind of ironic that the NFL draft starts on the same day as the Avengers Endgame comes out. <laughs> it's going to be some folks out there, uh, you know, trying to lower the ratings of the NFL draft because half the world's going to be in the movie theater. I know. No, I, I tried to get tickets for it. It's impossible to get tickets for that. It's impossible. So if you don't have tickets by now, just go watch the draft. You'll have a lot more fun. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always the guy who I always wait anyway. Like, even with all the hoopla and the people wearing African garb and all of that kind of stuff, I still didn't see Black Panther until like a month, month and a half after its release. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I waited about a week or two, but yeah. Yeah, I I no longer feel the need to be anywhere on the first day. You know, it's all good. I'll see it. <laughs> Everyone will end up seeing it at some point. All right, so yeah, um, the draft is here uh, again. It's draft week. So uh, once again, gotta let you know. Just make sure you check us out on the War Room live from six to eight p.m. Eastern Time Thursday, uh, April twenty fifth. Like I said, that last hour, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., uh, Fred will be leading the way, just talking NFL draft, leading you right up to that first pick at 8 o'clock. So make sure you're with us live for our final draft book on this podcast on The War Room. But if you want to check out episodes of this show, just make sure you go to the War Room Sports uh, website, and click on that tab near the top of the page that says War Room Sports Podcast Network. You will see uh, episodes um, starting from here on out. You'll see all of the episodes uh, for Cover 2. And if you're a college football fan, um, quick slants as well um, on that particular tab. The network is back. Let's do this. All right, Fred. So, look, man, we'll be – Chopping it up again on the war room for this final draft talk. So I will see you then. Everybody out there, y'all know the deal. Don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. And we will see you fools on top. Peace out. Cover two. McMillan and Purdue. War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.